Welcome to the Tom Kenny Podcast. I mean, for the fans. Welcome to episode 015 of the Tom Kenny Podcast. Today I have with me a very special guest. He is a drummer, content creator. Has he been on Broadway? Is he going to be on Broadway? We're not sure. Um, good personal friend, Jared Shaw. Jared, thank you. Thanks. How are you doing here? I'm doing well, sir. Harry, number fifteen. That's a, that's a, I have a lot to live up to. Oh boy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I've done. Uh, I think I did five episodes last year, and then I had a goal to do thirty three this year. Thirty. Thirty three. Thirty three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, didn't work out. <laughs> well, the year was uh, not a typical year. So yeah, but it was a typical year. Also, I got lazy. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Um, but yeah, I mean, hashtag for the fans, as always. I give uh, the guests an opportunity to just talk a little bit about themselves. Um, you know, just kind of what your passions are. Uh, what, what, a little bit of a brief timeline of what you've gone through the past couple of years, got to the point you've been at. Um, but yeah, kind of just anywhere you want to take that question. Awesome. This is always my most feared question on a job interview is just talk about yourself. <laughs> Let's see if I can uh, learn from my big, past experience. What's your biggest strength? What's my, big, what's my biggest weakness is that I have none. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so yeah, I'm a drummer slash content creator is what I call my website, but I know that term sounds sketchy. But um, yeah, so I grew up um, drumming a lot. I always loved, uh, I think the year before you start in band, which is fourth grade, I'm pretty sure, is when I first did a drum lesson mm-hmm. for the first time. And then I'm lucky because in band, they said, oh, you got the drums. Remember, you had to, I don't know if you ever did that, but you had to pick and rank your choices. Yeah. So I'm lucky I did end up doing drums. Uh, wow, cool. is it, well, isn't that funny? Like yeah. that one moment literally changed the entire course of your life. That's true. That's a big moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be easily just. If yeah, I got could, the violin, could. I would be an accountant now. <laughs> and I noticed accountants are a common theme in your podcast. No, 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 they are. We don't like accountants, but, but we need My parents them. are accountants, and uh, that has furthered my not <laughs> my, uninterest in I becoming I was going to say, my disdain for accountants. Oh, I cannot. I see what they do every day, and I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Um, um, do, do either of your parents play an instrument? or? It's funny. My mom, does, she used to, growing up, she used to pay, play piano, and then... Uh, and then she became an accountant. She became an accountant, so that didn't work. Now, but I mean, it's funny because over COVID, I had to do my recital uh-huh. virtually, which would have normally been in person, obviously. But uh, it's fun. I we did like I did a xylophone solo, and she played piano. So that was kind of nice. It was like really? May of the pandemic, so it was like prime pandemic. No, I got <laughs> you. Term. But like, yeah, so that that was nice. I got you. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So so you're starting in fourth grade, and then. Um, yeah, I guess like kind of when did you realize, I mean, I'm assuming you well, from fourth grade to like the middle school, like high school, you practicing every day or was that kind of just uh, a little bit of uh, just more of a hobby than? It's a good question. I'm trying to think back. That I, I guess I thought of it as a hobby, but I was pretty involved in like all the school stuff. I did jazz band. Uh, they didn't have marching band yet, thank God. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jazz band, regular band. Uh, the musicals, which started in middle school, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the only kid that had the opportunity to do it, so that was weird because I was playing with like the teachers in I middle school. Um, but that was super fun. My first show was Bye Bye Birdie with Sean, as of <laughs> course, Comrade Birdie. Um, that was probably a defining moment, I guess, you know, playing a musical with the teachers, having the opportunity to read a book, and like yeah. a book isn't a music book. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd say throughout school, I was. I guess I didn't really know how to define it back then, but it was kind of a hobby, but it was also what I spent most of my time 
no, no. Right. yeah yeah and i mean i mean that that makes total sense um so then like with the bye bye birdie thing you said it was like a defining moment mm-hmm. but when you say you were just playing with the teachers what is it like what were they just like pointing out in the, in the crowd of ben and they were like <laughs> you 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 need to be up here with us or um like what well like what was the moment where you were like oh wow i'm like I'm better than everybody. Yeah. Or or not, not even that, but more so but more so we're just like, wow, like, I'm like actually really good at this. Yeah, I don't know if I ever thought that um I don't honestly remember how I might have asked. I don't remember how I got it exactly, but I do remember, you know, in that moment playing that was gratifying and also, you know, was proud to be able to do that. It was cool, it was really cool, it was intimidating, but mm-hmm. but I do remember thinking, okay, well, maybe I could continue doing this and it seems like so far it's worked out well and uh, i don't think i had anything in terms of career at that age you know what what this could turn into but no i got you yeah i guess it was a defining moment in the sense of all right maybe this is something cool and i did love playing for musicals so that in particularly that situation was not and i got you yeah that was kind of the impetus of just like you know the like entire middle school and then high school of like doing all the plays and stuff exactly um yeah yeah and the reason i asked that is um on an earlier episode I did with Matt Maloney, he was talking about, I forget the exact moment, hashtag I should listen to my own episodes more. <laughs> um, but he was talking about when he was in college, he had this moment with video editing where he was like, he, he was part of some club and he, he was doing something and he was like, oh no, I'm, I'm good at this like for real. Right, like, and where I, I think Robbie had a similar thing with rapping, where it was like, oh, like, yeah, I, I'm like actually good at this. So, so that's kind of where that question came from. Sure. Um, and I would say one thing, maybe to touch on later, is and not to be cheesy. I'm not a cheesy person, but like, my whole <laughs> thing is my college essay was like, life is about moments. Like, the whole thing with living in the moment, both in you know music and video and the other areas that touched upon in my life. I feel like it's all about. That was my college essay, that, and then for my recital and stuff. Really, I use the theme of a metronome, just ticking, because uh, that brings in the drums too. But it, you know, it's true. You got to live in the moment. You got to remember each defining connection and everything that happens. Because whether it's a show, whether you're playing a note, you know, the show's going to be over. As um, as you're in a tail end, let's say it's Bye Bye Birdie. I know when I'm about to play the band music. Okay, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to lug these drums out of the theater in about two minutes. But you know what? For this next 120 seconds or whatever, just be present. Be in the music you know the chills feeling that's what gets me that's yeah. what drew me in the first place and mm-hmm. i feel the same way in video like once that product is done um but that's a thing with me i guess <laughs> no 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 that that makes total sense yeah i i always find with um you know it, it's funny because i i talk to a lot of people who are like very high level in their career and it's a struggle of like you know they're very ambitious and let, let me know if this is if, if you struggle with this but they're very ambitious trying to get to the next level of whatever their profession is or their mm-hmm. skill set talk to people whether it's in uh, like software engineering or acting or yeah. yeah you know comedians um but they struggle to also then enjoy the process and like you were saying of like just the moments of like i'm doing this i'm here um so yeah so i mean it like do you ever feel like when you're drumming or, or something, I mean, maybe you, I guess you just touched on this, but um, you, you like like struggle to be there? I mean, I, I guess that's what you wrote your entire college essay on. Right? <laughs> no, but, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I see what you mean. And it's true. I'm, you're always thinking down the line, right? But if you, what's the point of thinking so far down the line if you can't enjoy your whole, then you'll never stop, right? You'll be 42 and you'll still be thinking about, oh, what am I going to do next? Meanwhile, try to enjoy life, you know, now try to 
but that was a struggle like in college and stuff you know i didn't enjoy half the music stuff i was doing because it was so like against us labor nyu is very <laughs> it has its pros and its cons in terms of the cons i had to be at a rehearsal 7 to 11 p.m every night i would walk home at 11 30 at night every night so you know, it's a tough you know tough college experience in that sense but i got you it was that I could also attribute my success completely to being at NYU for the for a variety of reasons. But to, to, to dig into that, how how did you start choosing NYU, or, or or what was the application process for colleges and stuff like being a musician? Yeah, so I think NYU was weirdly enough the only school I was going to go to. I think I had to do it this way if for music as a major. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking at Ithaca like everyone, you know that when <laughs> anywhere else. else. No, like, it's, it's funny. How, that was almost me. For TV, I mean, like yeah. I almost went for communications. Um, I guess NYU, the only way I could have done that for some reason, I don't remember the exact reason, just either financially or something, was to go through music, because scholarships and stuff. But mm. um, I guess I always knew I wanted, I never had like a dream to be in this. I always enjoyed the city. I never, outside of seeing a show or a concert or something, I never had too much experience in it. Yeah. But I guess in the bottom of my head, you know, I was like, okay, this is where I, I need to be in the city for for networking and stuff yeah and for the school and the connections but also um the hustle and bustle i guess got to me and that, that kind of that's up my alley i guess you know being involved in a 24 7 i don't nine to five is not a, i know that's a work term but also in school you know i always i don't consider it work hopefully when it's fun mm -hmm. so i, I want to be around it as much as possible and i guess in the back subconscious I just, it's not like i had like these thoughts as i'm like articulating it now but i think in the back of my mind i think i just knew that that's a place which could manifest perhaps. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it's very true. New York City is, is a ton of opportunity. Um, and then, so why, if you were going to go to different colleges, weren't you going to choose music? Or or you weren't going to do music as a major? That's well, a good question. Was yeah. there like a roadblock there? or? I think I always knew I could do both regardless. And mm -hmm. at NYU, I, I did get to almost equally do both. <clears throat> Hashtag content creation. Yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> Hashtag what content. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think exactly why. I guess I, maybe I was uh, seriously considering doing more of the communication. Maybe I probably thought it was a more realistic choice, right? Mm -hmm. And I still don't know exactly how I'm going to do both because I, I honestly equally enjoy both, right? So, and again, we can get at this later, but like right now the stuff I'm doing in television and the internships I had through school, which would have only happened at NYU with how I had to do it, which another reason I'm grateful for that. Um, I guess I just didn't know exactly how to go about doing both. No, um, no, and no. for some schools, I felt like it would have made more sense to do X, Y, Z as opposed to. No, I got you. Yeah. I mean, NYU is a great school. Um, yeah. yeah so, so, so you graduate high school, get into NYU you're doing music what's uh i know you just briefly touched your schedule if you want to just go over that and then i'm kind of like what your like four-year path was with either internships or like figuring out like what you wanted to do post-college <laughs> exactly yeah i guess in the video side like robert's in the other room we used to make growing up we used to do fake one of the shows was called agents at risk which is yeah. like a 24 style drama type thing and then we did a show called deception and then funny vlogs <laughs> you want to uh, different vlogs like a club penguin web show i'm not sure if you played club penguin <laughs> yeah, no, no, but yeah we, uh, definitely enjoyed the video side so getting in skipping ahead and you know patterson's class in high school a lot of video projects etc definitely a passion of mine um so i didn't know how to do go about both but at nyu i knew okay just focus on music first figure out what that schedule is mm -hmm. a thursday night from 7 to 10 o'clock every night on friday night i had a different ensemble from 7 to 10 p.m 
Wednesday night, I had percussion ensemble, which could get very loud and annoying during, <laughs> from 7 to 10 p.m. I had steel band, which was fun, the first rehearsal, and then 18 rehearsals later, mm -hmm. that could get loud as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, mean, you know, I was walking home at 11.45 every week, every weekday. Yeah. I made myself have a fun night once once a week, if that makes sense, really? so either Friday or Saturday. Every Saturday night, I better go to the bar and exactly. whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, <laughs> just let loose. <laughs> Smokes a cigarette, oh. and he's like... And while you have fun, <sighs> absolutely. <laughs> um, but I know your original question was the schedule in terms of what I wanted to do. So yeah, I just got in focusing on music. And then in terms of the TV stuff, I figured, all right, maybe I could try to figure out internships, right? That yeah. makes sense. So my first one was Scorsese, actually. I interned at Scorsese's production company. Oh, nice. Which is a lot of administrative stuff, right? There's oh. a lot of running to get the scripts, a lot of, I signed my life away, so I can't say too much. But, but it's like the Irishman was filming at the time. So that was yeah. cool. But Do you, you know, Peter was on the Irishman. Wait, what? Peter Morgan, my, one of my roommates. Hashtag. Like, like in it? Yeah, he was in it. Well, oh my God. He was in it and, and like he was in the background. Like, yeah, like, still, like, he, like, he, like he was an extra. Yeah. Do you know which scene it was? Uh, no, I, I don't know. But he talks that's about it, he talks about it, hashtag for the fans on the, oh, uh, God, the, the previous oh, podcast. But yeah, yeah, that's so funny. You guys must have, uh, or, I, mean, I mean, maybe, right? <laughs> I was probably running the throat script somewhere <laughs> exactly. for my life. While I, <laughs> yeah, I actually, it's funny. I actually think it was either that or another, another, uh, like shoot he was on where he like accidentally like took the script and he was like oh my god this person dies with like all his fellow actors and, like, they, and, and, and they were like what do you mean and he was like oh the cheat that like you're supposed to take the front and they're like what the fuck are you talking about that wasn't for you yeah it's um, supposed to be burned at the end of the day <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah yeah so you're so you're working with scorsese basically just like doing bs work yeah, exactly i tried to make the most out of it like i no, of course. I wasn't supposed to be on set at night, but I I, I knew where they were filming. I lived close by, so I just stopped by, weasel my way in just to watch it. Yeah, um, but it's cool. You know, that was yeah, it was very administrative, but it was still cool nonetheless. It didn't burn my ambition for television and film. I'm mostly TV, but film, I'll, I'll take it. It's, it's still cool. But then I got into my second internship was at a small unscripted production company. They do a lot of reality documentary type stuff. And while I didn't picture having an interest in that world, honestly, unscripted. Um, it felt like a more of a niche thing that to do on the side or to continue pursuing. Actually, mm -hmm. it seems like a lucrative place, especially unscripted didn't exist ten years ago. There's no such yeah. thing as reality TV, but now it's much more prolific. And so since then, I did have just three or four uns unscripted internships in, in that world. Got it. Unscripted just means reality TV. Uh, or, basically, or... literally anything that's not scripted. So like, Got it. yeah, reality documentary. Like a show like Below Deck, anything like that, yeah. yeah right. Or and, then, and then I'm assuming those ancient. three those three internships are also a lot more hands on, especially since they're like um, you said that they were like all like smaller production companies, correct? Yeah, definitely. So definitely more hands on, and yeah. <laughs> at least even if I was doing menial work or whatever, at least I'm in like the room where I can just listen, right? So yeah. they were like producers next to me while they had no interest in what I was doing. At least I could hear them complaining about, oh, why are we over budget or why? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why is this pitch not going to work out? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're you're literally just at the table and you're in the world. Whereas mm -hmm. like when you were you're at that the big firm, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know why the the budget's not exactly yeah, you're like going I'm over or whatever. Worrying about how I'm going to get lunch then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm at Starbucks three times a day. <laughs> um but but yeah dude so then uh, so so then you're kind of going through there so then what made you uh, you know it's, there's this interesting thing where it's like you're doing music for the four years but it's also it seems as though like your internships are all just like tv 
content creation. Um, So then, like, were you doing anything, like, um, outside of just school for, like, drumming and, and, you know, the music thing? Yeah, I mean, through school, unfortunately, took up a lot of time for drumming every night. So I didn't, I, I wanted to be gigging out. I wanted to be playing, like, in jazz clubs or whatever outside. But it was a little limiting in that sense. But also the positive, I was since I was in the city, I was taking lessons with – I just feel like Broadway aspirations just made sense in terms of a realistic career path for me mm-hmm. just because I did so much of the musical theater thing. And since in the old the olden days for drummers, there was, like, film scoring and many more opportunities as opposed to it's kind of limited just with technology and such. Mm-hmm. But – um. I was able to take lessons and I did a lot of shows. I did a little off-Broadway stand for a while and played shows with singers, like cabaret style shows. But I um, yeah, I, I tried to make a healthy balance of doing an internship from like 10 to five and then going to rehearsal after that. Or I somehow made it work. I don't know how I did no, it. I guess <laughs> it. Honestly, it seems like a nuts schedule. I, really I, mean, I, mean, but, I just didn't sleep before. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't sleep, yeah. No, but, but I mean, it seems extremely fun. What's like kind of like your craziest story from doing a gig? Is there any like crazy like Did heckler it... or like something like didn't work or something? Um, oh God, yeah. But I'd say the craziest story was there was this, the probably the top thing for NYU for me would be they started my junior year and senior year, they started this thing called the Broadway Orchestra, which, you know, if they had that offer, I'd be like, oh my God, I definitely have to go to the school, but I'm definitely glad they added it when I was there. But yeah. Basically, it was just you study different Broadway shows, and they bring in the drummers for those shows. Mm-hmm. So I got to do, literally do one-on-one learning from the, the people that are the best, you know, and yeah. getting to study a show, and uh, the people that run that orchestra, the people that hire people, and that's how I got the tour, actually. So I can't, you know, thank anyone enough in that sense, right, you know? Yeah. But the crazy story, we were observing a rehearsal. It's out now, the Tina Turner musical on Broadway. Uh, it was just supposed to be, like, the shadowing thing. Like, we, we, invite, we were invited to the rehearsal room, which was crazy sick. It was awesome. Uh, so it's like... Uh, let's say it's this rehearsal starts at nine it's like 8 57 and i'm just sitting by the drummer i'm saying hi to the percussionist she's super nice mm-hmm. watching the drum set and i'm like oh it's cool no one's at the drum set i'm like oh okay maybe he's <laughs> in the bathroom man eh, it's normal these people walk in at the last minute uh it's 8 59 59 <laughs> no one's there i'm like i'm just gonna peek at the music on the off chance something yeah. happened um and then the rehearsal starts and there's still no drummer it's like, oh okay what's going on? all right everyone's here where's the drummer Anyone know where he is? <laughs> Silence. Jared, this is the guy, this is the top contractor on Broadway. He says, sit down, you're on. Are the exact words he said to me. Um, sit down, you're on. on. Uh, and I was looking at the song. I'm like, okay, at least I looked at the song. But no, he's, yeah. they flipped to a different song. So now I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm mm. sight reading. It was just, it was one of those moments where you, I don't, it felt like I blacked out. I was drunk out of my mind. Like, I just don't even know what happened. But it worked out nicely. And that was probably why I was hired for the tour only because as I just I didn't overplay I tried to not be too loud but not too nimble about it like just yeah. try to I knew I was like okay well this is it you studied your whole life to do this one moment don't fuck up just try to play the ink as they say so play the notes that are on the pit don't get too yeah. crazy yeah well it's it's so funny I I just had a bunch of thoughts like yeah as you were talking about that um when you were talking about like not playing too loud or like not playing too softly, there's this. Uh, are you a? You're not a big basketball fan, are you? I can get the references. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the New York Knicks, um, their coach Tom Thibodeau, is uh, he, he's the head coach, but he has this uh, this saying where it's like you you might not be a star, but you can be a star in your role. Right. Just meaning that like if you're a bench player, if you're a six man and you only take seven shots, but like you play really good defense and like you're a good rebounder, it's like star in that role 
like whatever your role is, do the best you can, mm-hmm. and don't be don't be upset that you're not like the star yet. So, that, so I was just thinking about that with you, where it's like that moment is kind of like, yeah, you know, you weren't the lead, but it's like you starred in your role, and and there's always going to be a place for somebody like that mm-hmm. in you know various professions. Um, but then also like yeah, when you said like you blacked out and you kind of just like performed. There's a video stuff. of me playing, and my friend took. I don't even know what's happening. No, <laughs> like, no, but, but like, isn't it so weird? Like, because I. I, I was a wrestler and I had a lot of moments like that where it was like, I like, cause I was a bit, I was a, not a big time wrestler, but like I, I had put a lot, a lot of time in that where it right. was like, I, uh, I would go to the school practice and then I would go to like the best kids in the County. We would go together after practice and then I would go to the gym. So it was something that I sunk a lot of time in yeah. and a lot of like big matches and stuff. I have no idea what happened. And it's just Fight so, or flight, it, is that they call it? yeah, yeah dude, it's just, it's so funny how like you just like, you train so hard and it's also like you just visualize it so much in your mind of like mm-hmm. i'm a, a, like the you like just like drumming and like being on stage and it's like you kind of just forget everybody's in the audience it's remove it, it? yeah exactly yeah but yeah because it's like if you let them in then it's like it's just gonna fuck up your your performance um and yeah dude it, yeah I, I think like that flow state is extremely extremely interesting um but then uh so so, so what happens from there like you, you, uh, you star in your role, and then you said that this is the guy who gave you the opportunity to be on the tour. Yeah, he was in the room. He was—they call him like a contractor. So he contracts musicians for the tours. Um, yeah, I mean, it happened, and then he called around. So a bunch of people at school, and like when I got back, we're like, "Oh shit, what happened?" Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, you know, that was it for now. Um, that was, I guess, either beginning of senior year or late junior year. I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just, it stuck in his mind, which I guess I'm obviously grateful for, but then it kind of, you know, life went on and nothing exactly came from that specifically. But um, one thing I just took note of when you said that, you know, staying in your lane kind of thing, I don't like being known for like the crazy solo drummers, like Buddy Rich and that kind of thing. I, that's not me, right? I don't want to be hired for uh, having a crazy solo on stage or being a rock drummer or being like on the jazz band. In terms of staying in my lane, I'd much rather, I enjoy so much more just playing a groove and mm-hmm. chilling back and supporting the band, supporting the singers, whatever it is. That's yeah. my thing, right? I don't need the spotlight to be on me doing some crazy, crazy shit, which is super cool. And I love when I see on Instagram, the drummers doing all these yeah. all the polyrhythms and all this insane fills and great stuff. You know, I'd just rather be known for like having a nice groove in the back and just mm-hmm. chilling in the back. And, and I'm, not, I'm not the best drummer at all. You know, I think the only reason I got hired is a combination of just working hard, yes, but, you know, trying to network in that sense and being a, trying to be a cool person to be around, very unintimate. I'd try not to, like, people say, you know, networking, go get a coffee with the drummer. I was very, you, you get into Broadway by subbing, right? So you get in by saying, when this guy's going to go on vacation or something, they bring in a new drummer, but you're not supposed to ask them, like, oh, can I sub for you? Or very, like, in your face. I'm trying no, to think I of, like, you. a connection in a different career that, that'd be like you asking an accountant oh when's your job opening or so, you know it's very it's basically that in a sense. when's so, your job when's it, we can leave or retire yeah, yeah, but like let, uh, let me have your biggest account for a yeah I mean, that's a starting point you know um yeah dude, it's so yeah it's so funny they have this thing where it's like um to be uh to be employed at a job you need to be two of three things you either need to be good at the job you need to be on time and you need to be a good hang you only yeah. need to be two of them. You, you, you don't, don't need, need to all be three. all three. <laughs> if, you, if you're a good hang and uh, and you know you're good at your job, people can deal with you being late. But but if you're uh, if you're good at your job and you're on time, but you're kind of a dick, they're like, oh, 
These here, he's good. It's good. Yeah. But even it's like, even if it's like you're a good hang and you're just on time, even, even, if, people, you're not, yeah, even if you're not great, people are like, hey, he's fine. Yeah, he's ah, we'll yeah. keep it's time. It's nice around. to have him around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll keep time. Yeah, he's, hang around. he's never late. Um, but I mean, like, I, I, I've seen you drama a couple of times, and I mean, you're really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I I don't want people. I don't want hashtag the fans to think yeah, that you're just some uh, some schmuck off the street. It's like no, dude. Like you're really good at, at this uh, at this thing, and I, I think you sunk a lot of time at that. Um, and yeah, I mean, like networking. Networking, I just think of it as like uh, like attention and opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like yeah, it's like you could be the best drummer in the world, but it's like nobody knows about you. Um, yep. or you're in the middle of Idaho. It's like. You need to go to the city. Court, Bailey, you got to make your way over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, so when does the tour leave then? Wednesday. <laughs> so it's coming up. Yeah, I'm leaving three days. I was going to say. And I, I've known about it since May. I've just been waiting no, patiently, got... but not so patiently. It's just like, no, when is this going to happen? But now all of a sudden, the last month, it's been like, oh, shit, now emails are coming. It's like, my drums just departed yesterday on a, on a truck. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Do, do you bring your own drums? Yeah, that was a surprise to me. I thought they would provide, but no. They were like, you need to bring your own <laughs> drug. buy giant-ass cases. That's send hilarious. Send them off. Yeah, I that... checked the insurance and everything. I'm like, okay, at least I know they'll be covered. But, Damn, but yeah, that is funny. Babies being shipped. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you're going basically all around the country. And how, how long is the tour? Uh, there's some breaks in there, but it's about eight months. So it ends late June, basically. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. Um, And it's a lot of like... So before COVID, they were doing a lot of what they call one-nighters, where it's literally just on to the next mm. city and a lot of smaller towns. And then what the plan was, had there be no COVID, this would be just a lot of one weeks. Mm-hmm. One week or so, I don't think <laughs> one week or so. But like, uh, <laughs> so what they're doing is combining both. So it's going to be, we start in Chicago for a week, which is sick. I'm super excited. North Carolina for a week is next. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I'll be like, Montana, one night. Uh, West Virginia, all over the place, like yeah. small towns, which will be cool. I don't know when else. I'm gonna have to no, stop I got you. And then, uh, yeah, dude, uh, honestly, that should be such an amazing experience um yeah. just traveling around the country doing what you want to do i also you know it's funny in my mind i have this idea of how do you know like how old um like your co-workers are are they like around your age or uh, older? most of the bands in like the 30s a little bit older but the cast should be 20s 30s so around them. i was gonna say if they're if they're like you know like early 20s mid 20s like even early 30s that could be just like a fun yeah, crazy fun group <laughs> yeah just afterwards you just like go out and you're just like you know it's just a bunch of like rambunctious like yeah, exactly guys. i'm sure you could interview me in like three weeks and be like oh shit, this could, could be in one of two directions oh like, my god extremes on either end it's just yeah, not yeah, at yeah. all what i was expecting you come back you just have a bunch of tattoos and you're like yeah oh, that's the game what was i before this <laughs> Musician content, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you listen back to this podcast, you'd be like, who the Not fuck is I that know. guy? <laughs> what a young soul, if only I knew. <laughs> yeah, dude, but yeah, but that's, are, you, are you nervous? I'm assuming. It's just been so long. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've been having like nightmares, like dreams in my head. I'm like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? But like, uh, no, I'm just ready. I feel like, and it still hasn't fully hit me. Like, I just need to be on that flight Wednesday, and then I'll be like, okay, here we go. And the conductor's been nice. I finally met him. And, some other people. I got you. Do you know uh, the other people in your uh, like the people you're working with? I don't know anyone. Um, Is no. that like a Facebook I mean, I've been group stalking, or anything? No, not a group. I've stalked them obviously on Instagram and stuff, but yeah. I've never met them yet. So yeah, it'll be interesting. No, no, I got you because uh, I don't know if you know. I actually did a volunteer trip to South Africa no, back in like uh, 
my first year of college. And before there was a Facebook group and before I went, I didn't know anybody. So literally uh, I went to Africa without knowing a single person. Oh, I was going to say, cause I, yeah, I went to JFK and they're like all of these people like getting on the flight to South Africa. And there's like a bunch of like the, the kids that are going there. And I just remember going on Facebook being like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah. Just checking out <laughs> yeah. these people. Yeah, exactly. Across like, the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. And I, I just remember walking around JFK being like, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> I went to Ghana once with one of my professors who does the yeah. Lion King on some like African instrument, which is cool, but like we were, oh God, it was like, we were in a car and the driver said, the brakes are not working. <laughs> and we're on the highway going nine minutes. That's good news to hear. Oh, that's, um, that's not And we fun. survived, but that was fun. <laughs> but I, I, I was not in your position. At least I knew the two people to no, the left and right of me. Well, well yeah, I mean, yeah, I did it through this company, ISV, International Student, or IS, yeah, ISV, uh, International Student Volunteers. So That's it was like a rep- yeah, it was like a rep- reputable uh, organization, but it was just, uh, it's kind of scary. Yeah, I can imagine. What was like the craziest story you had? Yeah, dude, a uh, a crazy Africa story. I don't know. There were a lot of them. Um, you, you know, it's funny because it's. It's literally like a bunch of – so the way it worked is I, I was there for a month, and we spent the first two weeks on a cheetah reserve. It was like me wow. and about like nine other kids like from colleges all across the country. Yeah. So there were a lot of like silly, goofy moments there. Of course. Um, and then like the last two weeks we met up, there were a bunch of these different satellite projects around Africa. Like one was conservation. One was um, – in a, you know, like a sustainable effort. One was like an economic thing. Mm-hmm. Then we all met up and then we went to, yeah, you know, I think we went to uh, Johannesburg and we went to Swaziland and Mozambique. How long was the trip again? It was a month. So the first two oh, were at wow. the Cheetah Reserve and then the last two we kind of met up and just kind of traveled around. But um, yeah, there were a bunch of like crazy, crazy yeah, I'm sure. Gee, over a month um, especially. Yeah, dude. I remember, I remember once the second half of the trip, there was, uh, it was, uh, it was there was like this this was like this hot spring and it was um i think it was in mozambique and it, like we all just like went there at night and yeah. oh my god there was these drink savannas that were basically just like hard ciders oh but they were just incredible and we were just pounding them the entire yeah, time of course. um so we're going there and then we meet these guys it's me my friend brandon and then these two girls who were also on our trip at the cheetah reserve and like right. they were our friends um but apparently in mozambique the way you um the the way you like or the, or the way that they date and the way that they like get wives is that men will sell cows to other men and like fathers and stuff to get um, oh to, 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 just like to like like get the daughters or whatever so, so like these, a... yeah yeah so, so like these guys come up to us and he's like how how many cows and we're like what are you talking about anybody points to my, my, my friend Sabrina and she's For like her, oh yeah, and she, yeah and, and she and he's like how many cows and we're like one cow. Wow, wow. Damn for her. One cow will do One cow. One cow. Or three fourths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or no, but I mean, like, there was just a lot of like silly moments. Like that's crazy. Like I remember also, um, on the Cheetah Reserve, we were in like a we were basically in the wild. We were like like an hour outside of Cape Town or not Cape Town of Johannesburg. So we were in like a fenced off area, and then we took like a twenty minute bus through the jungle to the cheetah reserve 
So I was being a goofball. So literally, like the first like two or three days, they're like, "Tom, you can't be in the bus." And then like as like a punishment, because I was just like goofing around with the bus driver and like the people and stuff. Um, so they were like, "You need to go out and open the gates and stuff." So they made me sit in the front next to the bus driver. Okay. And then made me go out and like sit and like open the gates to like the house where the electric fence was. And then once we got to the cheat reserve, once we like we were going in, going out. So, but then the bus driver got annoyed with me because I was just asking them questions about like their life. And, right, like, of course, like, as you would expect, yeah. Um, we think they would want that after driving. So, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go stand on the back of the bus. It was like an open like bus. So it's, it's not like a school bus. It was like a, uh, it, it, it was more like, like the sides were open and like, oh, and, like the windows like. and stuff. Um, so I just like, m- like a garbage truck. I just hung on the side at that. Swing back. Oh yeah, exactly. And I was like playing music and stuff. Like I, I kept playing, um, Otis by Jay-Z and Kanye. Yeah. So one day we were coming back from, from the cheetah reserve. And I was like, okay, dude, I'm gonna be silly. I'm gonna just be goofy. <laughs> so we're about 200 yards from the house. And I'm like, okay, dude. And I don't know. It must've just been like Otis was playing and I jump off. And I just start running, and everyone's like, "Ah, that's crazy!" And it was probably about like twenty yards. Oh, no, and the and the bus just like drove away, and I was like, "Did they not realize something?" Oh no, 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 they realized. But they, oh, but they, oh, were, they, like, they were well like, aware. Yeah, they, they were like, "Yo, he is never gonna do this again. We're gonna make this man pay." Oh, so I so literally like thirty yards in, I was like. Oh my god! And you're in the middle of nowhere. I was like, I'm in the middle of the jungle right now. Well, the dangerous part. Of the <laughs> I was like, I was like, these baboons or something are gonna come oh eat me. God. But uh, luckily, I survived, and luckily, you I got to there. tell the story. Um, but yeah, yeah, those were two, those were probably the two like funny I moments mean, those that like happened. Crazy stories, jeez, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, dude, there was a bunch of stuff that happened. Um, you know, you can look back at it and say, "I'm glad that happened." Right? It's a good story. Oh yeah, the, yeah. in the moment, it was terrifying. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, in the moment, it was terrifying. Yeah, then I like yelled at like. The bus driver and I was like, "What are you doing? Wait, just leaving me?" Yeah. Yeah. And then the bus driver was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Good point." <laughs> well, fair. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> we both fair, had our fair. So. Fair, fair. I get it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but getting but getting back to um, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so now you know with the tour and everything, uh, coming up in the next couple of days, is there um. Do you have any plans, I guess, to go back to like the content or like doing any screenwriting or anything like that? Yeah, so I guess to backtrack a slight bit, basically, uh, so when the COVID started, I just graduated, right? And I did like a six month uh, contract at one of the places I used to work mm-hmm. in development for Unscripted. Um, so that kind of got my wheels turning. And before I got that, I was like, okay, well, it's COVID. It's a horrible time. No music's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how long that would be, but I knew at least for a short while. So I'm like, all right, I'll keep practicing, obviously, but what else can I do in the TV world while we're in this horrible time and it's impossible to get a job and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got that job for six months and whatever thoughts that were starting to percolate went to the side for a little bit. But once that job ended, it was a six-month contract, we're back to square one again. When COVID's still no end in sight, who knows what's going to happen? Um, so I was like, okay, well, back to when I was a kid, you know, with Robert and stuff making these shows, what else can I do? And now I have all this knowledge of unscripted world, mm-hmm. which seems... Yeah, scripted is so hard. They're both so hard. Entertainment in general to get anything sold, I'm sure, is you know, it's impossible. So maybe unscripted is a slightly more realistic. And at least I have connections through the past internships in which mm-hmm. to maybe manifest these as a word I like to use. But you know, so I was like, okay, 
I came up with this plan. It took me forever to actually realize this plan, like to do any actionable steps. But I wrote down like a 10 page thing of just vision. What, what, what could I do? Who could I bring into this? And hopefully they'd want to participate and they ended up doing that. But like, um, how can you be smart and creatively fulfilled by doing this? So mm-hmm. basically we're, we're going to come up with a bunch of ideas, get whoever wants to be involved in on this and do, um, come up with a slate and we're up to 15 ideas over fast forward 20 meetings, six months. We had 12, you know, eight sizzles, which is like a video pitch, mm-hmm. like five decks, five, like six, one sheets or something. And a lot of ideas that didn't make it over the time, unfortunately, but no, you know, there's only so many that could have, <laughs> but I'm just like, you know, there's, I, I you know, I want to try doing something over, over the course of this horrible time, you know, just, feel fulfilled creatively and then who knows what happens next right i I think we were smart in the sense where we didn't want to just an idea is worthless right an Mm -hmm. idea that no one's going to take a meeting over oh i'm some kid i have some ideas and i understand if they wouldn't right it's an idea is an idea so we figured if we could they call it attachments or we reached out to people but you actually got them on camera we just want to hopefully a step further to have the grunt work done so that at least these companies would perhaps take a Mm -hmm. serious look at this and we just basically are a few days away from locking at least all the ideas and having all that grunt work done so that and for me at least the plan was once i'm on tour the hardest part and the most work intensive part should be done when editing all the sizzles and everything mm-hmm. now we could just pitch them but we have a deck ready with all the ideas just to pitch it but i guess like a more macro thought for me is like you know life could be on autopilot for me i try to stray away from that path i feel like with music and these ideas I, let's say in COVID, I, I i was applying for general jobs like to mm-hmm. be an assistant or whatever but then I would have been in this corporate thing. And for me, especially with music, I'm not going to be able to do both if I yeah, do that, exactly. right? So yes, it's probably nearly impossible. What I would love to do is to do both, play drums at night. Well, well, why both. is that impossible? You know, on paper, Jared, it's you're impossible. A ta- you're a talented guy. <laughs> you know, I, on paper, it's impossible, right? First of all, I'd have no life if that comes to fruition. I'd be doing things all the time, but that's okay. For me, I, it's, I, it's not work. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, what is life? <laughs> right, that's yeah, true, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I was just doing great stuff. There's this one funny quote that I heard on a podcast recently. Um, if what you're doing doesn't make your heart drink Kool-Aid or your dick hard, <laughs> then it's not worth doing. Um, not to get explicit on this, but like, you know, I mean, like. No, um, no, no, I, I care some this podcast. I, That's what we love. Okay, excellent. Well, then, oh, God, the Unleashes have <laughs> get ready for a dark side of Jared. The, ja- the real Jared, yeah, at least it It comes out. Um, yeah, for me, it, it feels like work often, of course. Nothing's magical, right? When mm-hmm. I'm editing these videos, when we're doing all these meetings, and so much credit to Rob and Brian for things that they, you know, we're really doing this. We really want to try to make it happen. Um, but it sucks in the moment when you're editing stuff. But you know what? For me, it's even if nothing happens from it, at least we felt, and I know they're on the same page with this, we feel like we did something. Whatever it is, it's six months. It's it's tangible work. It's pragmatic stuff that we got done. And, you know, I, I feel creatively fulfilled from that. And I think we went on a route of autopilot of who knows what's going to happen. We tried to stray off a little bit and no. try to manifest something. Who no. knows what? Who no, knows what's no, going no, to, no. totally. I, I've said it a couple of times when doing interviews on this podcast, but it's like, I um, like I would love if I could be, you know, make a living from this podcast and like, get, mm-hmm. you know, reach a ton of people. But this podcast for me is a creative endeavor that is never going to be a time sink yep. simply because I enjoy doing it. And I, th- I think some of my best conversations that I've ever had, maybe not my best conversations ever, yeah, that, yeah, that was sure, yeah. grandiose, but, um, but uh, the, the conversations that I have had on here have been amazing. I mean, this one, Rob, um, you know, all of my roommates, 
Um, but yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think a similar thing with you, where it's like, even if nothing comes of it, I mean, hopefully it doesn't, right? I mean, we, but, we're but fully prepared for that to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not, wa- but it's not wasted time. Mm-hmm. It's time well spent. Um, and yeah, yeah, did, are you, you keep uh, using the word manifest, or dude, well, what do you mean by that? I get not to be cheesy, and I'm not, I'm not like a religious or spiritual person. It's okay, I guess I believe I'm not. No, I'm definitely <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so don't no, think no, that. No, no. I guess you know, it just, in terms of a practical sense of what that means, it means like a vision board. I don't have. I, we have a vision board for the thing to just write. I see you would do too. Like you have stuff written down that yes. is your mantra or whatever. But for me, it's not about that. It's about the tangible steps to get to that. So I will never say I'm in this for the money. I will never say we're going to make a million dollars off this idea because that's not going to happen. Or maybe it will down the road, but that's, you can't be where my mind, my mind is, where do I get from there? And hopefully it's fun to, to get to that journey. So we have the ideas written down and then I said, okay, how manifest the most extreme example. Let's put in your head, this gets sold to Netflix for a million dollars in budget. What, what can we do to prepare for them? What, who can we pitch this to? Who does it make the most sense to? What format should this live in? We have a lot of discussions about, you know, should this be a documentary format or how long should this be? What net we have for every idea, the list of places we think this would make sense to live on, whether mm. it's digital or networker. And then we're, and then we we're getting feedback from people. We think this guy who works at XYZ would be really helpful to, to speak to, the, to, to help us with this person. Or there's um, a woman who's really good at creating decks. So we worked with her to, to get that on paper. Um, I'm trying to think what, what I was going for, but you know, no, it no. doesn't feel like work with these steps it, it manifest, you know, I think I, I could have not manifested doing these ideas at all in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I would have been so pissed off at myself if I'm about going down towards great. And I would have been so mad if I just had the tour in the backdrop and said, Oh, remember that idea? I was going to have a bunch of friends together. And now, now that I know where it's at now, even, you know, who knows what happens next, but I would have been so mad at myself had I not at least tried. And there's been opportunities in the past where I could have done things in my head earlier or at all. And who knows what would have happened, right? So I, I know going forward in my life, whenever I have an opportunity or an idea, even if it's so ridiculous or it doesn't work out, I will be so much happier knowing that I tried it or mad tried to manifest it, I guess, as opposed to not trying it at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's this, uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's this saying, um, it, it, specifically with relationships where it's like, unsaid expectations are just predetermined resentment mm-hmm. meaning like if you if you're a friendship or you're in a romantic context it's like if you don't say what you need from your partner or you're from your friend or like but whatever it is that you're doing with them you've decided that you're already going to be resentful of them right you didn't even give them the opportunity to yeah. like have that um and i think it's the same thing with regret where it's like, if you don't do the things that you want to do, you're pre-deciding that you're going to have regret in the future. Yep, you know, um, it's, it's just a waiting game at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's not going to get... It, it, it's so funny because it's like a problem... Like, a problem not addressed doubles in size. And and it's like, it, it's the same thing with regret. It's like... If you, when it, it's like, not going it, like, away, yeah. It's not going away. And it's getting much bigger in magnitude. <laughs> like, yeah, like, oh, like, absolutely. Like it's gonna get worse. Like especially like you're an eighty year old. You're not. You're, you're gonna be sitting back. in the nursing home. It'll be and you're, too you're late like, at that point. Yeah, it's never too late. But you know, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you can look back to say, I remember when I was twenty three. We had that idea, whatever. You know. Yeah, exactly. Even if you didn't, never did this podcast, you know, I'm sure it'd be the same. Like, yeah, oh, I always wanted to talk to. All. I have all these friends who do cool stuff. You know, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I think what's cool about the podcast also is it's like 
I think in like when I'm 80, I can just listen back. Have fun with that baby. <laughs> and be like, oh, dude, I can't believe 22 year old me was such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I, oh my God, listen to the conversations here. I mean, yeah, oh man, that's got to be crazy it, to look back. At. Yeah, it, yeah, it's going to be fun. But, um, yeah, yeah, and then like creating those actionable items. Yeah, well, the, the reason I asked the, the manifest question is because I think a lot of people just be like, you, you know, they have the vision board and then they just look at it. Yeah, and, and it's like, no, dude, it's like I have, um, like I have a list of about 11 goals that I want to accomplish. Yep. And it's like, okay, if to get those uh, goals accomplished, one, I think you should rank order them, right? It's like, okay, what's the what's priority number one, what's priority number two, and then like just go to it. But and I, what I really like about what you did with um, you know, with, with you know putting together these ideas is you create a valid structure of, okay, so this is the goal, starting from zero. How do we get there? And then you go forward of like creating all the different steps. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to do it backwards, where it's That's like true. okay, <laughs> like yeah. it's like okay, reverse. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And then Dice it's like go, yeah, going backwards is that is it still valid? Right? And many times it's not. Okay, yeah, okay back to stage yeah, one. Yeah, Here yeah, we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but have you guys gotten any traction on it, or what? What, uh, what point are you at right now? Yeah, I mean, we're very happy with where everything's at. We got a lot of good feedback from everyone. We have not yet. That's that hopefully in two weeks there'll be a different story where we're actually going to get people to, who can sell the ideas. But we, we really wanted to make sure, especially during COVID time, just take the time. Take it's okay if it's another month. These people aren't going away. Make sure it's as good as we possibly can. And I, I'm sure if you talk to them, they'll say, "I'm annoyed." I am with like. <laughs> I probably sent 400 notes about certain ideas, but yeah. I want to make sure it's it's as you know it's as good as possible, and they're so on board with this. And it, yeah, again, a month is who's going to care in the long scheme? Just try to do it right. And again, with the vision board, and I don't look at the vision board often. It's it's in my head, but it's nice to write yeah. things down. But you know, it's also a subconscious thing. Like it's just nice to, and I'm saying writing it down. But I kind of expect these things, but when you actually see it happening slowly you can kind of frame it in your mind a little bit you'll be like okay this makes sense this is yeah. kind of what i thought might happen this isn't isn't at all what i thought might happen but at least it's in a larger framework if yeah, yeah exactly and i think even just like you know having that idea in your head of like who you want to be what you want to do um and then who you want to do it with like those are the north star like if you don't know who you are if you don't know what you want to do if you don't know like who you want to do it with it's like how are you going to get, how are you going to do any of those things? Right. Um, and, and it's also like, uh, I think momentum is extremely powerful. And it's like, you just like doing the first step. And then it's like, it's so much easier to do the second step. Like going from zero to one is so much harder than going from one, one to two. two. Oh, I so agree with that. Um, but also, but, we, we made a point to, we said, oh, how often should we meet? And at first, like every other week. And we said, no, we'll meet once a week. And we have not missed a single week. And the set, the, if that ever happened, that's when, okay, oh shit, things aren't going to start to happen. But no, we made it, we met every week. And I agree. It took me forever. I had the ideas that I'm, like, the plan for the ideas done for a long time. I just never went from zero to one, as you're saying. But I totally agree. Once you get to one, it's so easier to just do it, you know? Yeah. And it becomes almost a relief to continue doing it because, like, oh, well, I better finish this. I mean, look where we are, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, yeah, yeah. And you're just gaining. Co- but one is just like, yeah, it's like now you're starting, you're in the process, and it's also you're just gaining confidence with each little checked off box of like what you're doing. It's like, okay, we've met for three weeks. You know, let's not miss the. <laughs> yeah, the why stop? How annoyed would we be if we just call um, three and that's it? And then, uh, have you enjoyed working? with uh you know some of your best friends oh it's the best what do they say not that this is a job and they say don't work with your best friend oh my disagree completely yeah and we're like 
I know you want to talk about relationships in terms of friendship relationships yeah. with them. We're so on the same page. There's no drama. There's no bullshit. We don't always agree with everything obviously, subconsciously, but we know how to get the best product out of what we're talking about. We have mm-hmm. hilarious discussions mixed in with real work of what we want to do. And that's the perfect person you want to, as a friend and as, and I don't consider it work life, what they call it, balance. Yeah, it yeah. should be, oh God, this is a Jeff Bezos thing. So that's, I'm so Bezos. disgusted at that thought. <laughs> So ignore him completely. I like one thing he said is work life harmony. Yeah. I feel like it should be in something like this if you enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about something that happened as a friend, two seconds, and then we're talking about this video we're editing. And there should be no, uh, you know, yeah, it no, should exactly. be aligned and there should be no drama, which we don't have. <laughs> Thank yeah. God. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. And it's also like, especially when you're working with friends or people you're really close with, there's a bluntness to it where it's like, like, especially it's like when people like, who, who you're just kind of like working with that you kind of you have to be conscious of their feelings yeah. whereas like with you and rob you can be like yo rob this is not good <laughs> <laughs> like like we need to go back and do this we have this thing where it's like it takes us a minute to think what we think and then okay done yeah, we, we get a cut right to the point you know yeah yeah exactly and there's no hard feelings like we, yeah, yeah it, it, it works it, in both directions exactly well i gotta say the, i one of the funniest skits i've ever seen is you and rob <laughs> what, what, what's the name of the video uh j and r torture because it's a tour again. Oh, dude. And it, we made the most clickbaity thumbnail yeah. on YouTube with like a red circle, like the <gasps> face. Like, <gasps> what happened here? You got to click to find out. Yeah, dude. It's like a Snapchat. That's oh, oh, no, dude. It, it's absolutely hilarious. Like when <laughs> when you go in and, <laughs> and you're just like, I think you're pandering. Yeah, you're pandering. Yeah, you're pandering. <laughs> um, it, Yeah, it, it, it's very, very that funny. So fun. And that, I don't even, we were about to, hopefully he comes in and gives his status. Oh. Someone's at the door. Hello? Who is this? Jared, you're pandering. <laughs> I, I'm just doing what you said. You're I'm... making up things. Outside. I've been listening the whole time. <laughs> he sucks. Where, where did he come from, first of all? Have you ever been in a car with this kid for hours? No. Have no, you been sucks. in his house this whole time? You just appear in an I happen to be sitting outside. I can't sit oh, outside okay. on my own car. walk yourself in. Okay. Well, you know what, Robert? Right, you know, Robert, this is my one time to shine. You, you know, get all these videos. I'm always holding my camera, bitch. You know what? Today, I got to give my feelings, and you come here, and you fucking ruin it. Oh, do <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Tom Kenny Podcast. This is in no way affiliated or sponsored by the Oreo Corporation. We upload podcasts every week on every major streaming platform. Thank you for listening, and until next time.